Welcome to On The Point Podcast, a podcast for all things Overwatch with a heavy focus on League, discussing roster... Yay! Disgusting <laughs> roster moves. <laughs> disgusting roster moves. Letting go. That's exactly what happened. Letting go of no. soon. Woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> discussing. There we go. Let's get it all out of the way at the beginning. Yep. Roster moves, weekly matchups, and Chengdu's ability to play goats. Holy shit! Yeah, that kind of came out of fucking nowhere. Didn't it, it did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. I am Katie. I am the casual. I'm CJ, and for the purposes of this podcast, I'm the expert. We're getting closer. We're, We're getting edging, closer. Edging towards my begrudging acceptance of the title of expert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you put our win-loss statistics together in terms of predictions and how well each of us are doing. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, d- I did all the prep for this one myself. You do that all the time. I'm just here for color commentary and to leave the interview. Fair, fair. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're mostly going to be focusing on season two, uh, stage one, week four. Mm-hmm. So going let's... over, yeah, going over last week's games, seeing how we did with our proje- uh, projections, predictions, pre- predictions. Yeah. Um, so first game of the past week it was Atlanta versus Gladiators. We both picked Atlanta, and uh, Gladiators with that four zero, we literally could not have been more wrong. See, I was, uh, Thursday of this past week, I mm-hmm. was at the stadium because it was Valiant Spirit Day. So mm-hmm. I bought the spirit pack and it was tickets included for that. Yeah. Oh my God. I wow, I was sitting on Atlanta's side because that wound up being Valiant's side, holding my gladiator shirt and yelling, mm-hmm. shields up every time something good happened with <laughs> all of these Atlanta fans sitting behind me like, the hell is that girl in the front row doing? It was me and another Gladiators fan up there, mm. and like everyone else in the section was Atlanta fans. Yep. So we're just kind of looking at each other like, yay! Yeah, we'll go into that. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, in our second topic. Uh, next game was Valiant versus Philly. You went with the Valiant, I went with Philly, and Philly pulled it out 3-2. I had hope. It was a super, super close 3-2. Yeah, no, like, I'll give you that, um, but I feel like my prediction was correct in... All of its facets in that Philly fucked up, Valiant just fucked up more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Anyway, uh, next was Toronto versus Chengdu. We both picked Toronto, and uh, that one bore out two with a 3 1 win for Toronto. That was a super entertaining match there. Yeah. Like a lot of people in the stadium just. Uh, cheering for the hunters because they were fun to watch. Well, yeah, because they're goddamn insane. Like, and it's the first, like it's the first DPS play we have in a while. It's the old. It's almost the only DPS play we've had in the league. I don't. I don't think it's the only DPS we've had in a while. But the rest of it is a lot more like map or point specific. Whereas yeah. Chengdu, uh, up until recently, was trying to make a square peg fit around hole. They were the only ones doing it like really consistently. But they were also um, really consistently fun to watch. Yes, yes. Um, up next, uh, Paris Eternal versus Vancouver Titans. We both picked uh, Vancouver, despite you flubbing After the name I figured like out what was the difference between times, Vancouver yes. and Toronto was, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and it was a 4-0 for Vancouver. No real surprise there. Look how there. surprised we're not. Yep. Uh, New York XL versus San Francisco Shock. I went with New York. You went with Shock. New York got the win 4-0. I thought we had a chance. I thought for sure we had a chance. The Shock have been doing pretty well this season. Yeah, I, I thought they had a chance. I thought it was, I, I was pretty firmly in the camp NYXL was going to win it. I didn't think it was going to be as one-sided as it was. Yeah. Like, NYXL just had them red. Mm-hmm. Up next, Dallas versus Shanghai. I picked Dallas, you picked Shanghai, and Dallas with the 4-0. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I... I'm not surprised. <laughs> I thought Shanghai I would come back from that. I didn't think it was going to be a 4-0, though. Yeah. Like, Dallas had the read, like, really well, and Shanghai played like they were nervous. They might have been mm-hmm. after that. I mean, a C9 yeah. of that magnitude yeah. rattles you. Yeah, and it was a combination of Shanghai being nervous, Dallas having their number in terms of what they needed to do to win. Uh, but anyway, next up. Valiant versus Houston, uh, 2-1. We, bo- or, uh, we both picked Outlaws in this case, and Outlaws ended up winning it 2-1. But this was also another very close one. Honestly, I can't 
in good conscience sign off on it being this might have been the sloppiest game in season two to date. I didn't say it was neat. Yeah. I said it was close. Yeah. There is a difference. I know. I just like, <laughs> I don't want to say that this was like a hotly contested game. It was who was tripping over their shoelaces harder. You hurt me. Tell me I'm wrong. You hurt me. That is not a statement that I am wrong. You hurt me. That is, you wound me, sir. You are not telling me I'm wrong, so I'm claiming victory here. <laughs> Rub it in. <laughs> I don't I don't want them to be like struggling to the They're level that they are. They're both my teams and you have insulted them both. Because they didn't <laughs> because they deserved it All in right, this All right, we're case. on a time crunch yeah. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, up next, Soul versus Washington. We both picked Soul. Soul won. Because duh. Yeah, one three one. Uh, up next was Guangzhou versus Gladiators. We both picked Guangzhou, and once again, Gladiators proved us wrong uh, with the three uh, one. Hangzhou versus Toronto. We both picked uh, Toronto, and Toronto, uh, sure enough, won it out three zero mm-hmm. with that one draw. Mm-hmm. Up next, Paris versus Shock. We both picked Shock, and Shock delivered with the three one. London versus Shanghai. This one, I f- like, we both won Shanghai on this, and I feel like we were both very firmly vindicated in this. Oh my god, yes. Watching mm-hmm. this, and oh, yeah. this was such three a good two, one to watch. 3 2 win for Shanghai. Uh, very close match, very fun to watch. Uh, Florida versus Boston. We both picked Boston, and uh, no real shocker there. Boston mm, with the 4 0. Yeah. And finally, Vancouver versus Chengdu. We both picked Vancouver, and Vancouver did win. Barely. But but this went way differently than I think we had any idea of how that was going to go. I think this went way differently than literally everyone expected. No No one expects a map five against Vancouver. Honestly, to to use the the MMA thing, this was a McGregor-Diaz situation where nobody thought Diaz had a shot. Diaz actually wins. It doesn't quite map out one-to-one in terms of uh, this metaphor, but it's one of those moments where you're just like, wait, what the fuck just happened? What? Yeah. Um, That that was me watching Gladiators mm, versus Atlanta and going, what? This is amazing. What's happening? Yeah, no, they they shaped up a lot. But at the end of our predictions for this week, uh, I kept track of rights and wrongs, and we have a batting average. We have a bit of friendly competition going on here. I did not agree to this. <laughs> hey, you're editing. You can cut this. Yeah, I tend not to agree to competitions. I know yeah. I'm going to lose. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, this may or may not be cut segment. Um, oh, no, we're keeping it. Okay. Um, I have 12 out of 14. Uh, you have 10 out of 14. My batting average is 857. Yours is 714. Gladiator just killed the fucking curve. It did. They yeah. did. I'm they so really proud of did. them. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm proud of my nerds. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, like in our next little segment, gladiators are what I want to talk about first. So let's do it. So, uh, based on what we've just said, you have probably guessed gladiators looked a lot stronger this week. A lot more in line with kind of what I think we and a lot of other people were expecting them to look like at the start of the season based on their their roster, their history, and the fact that, like, a lot of other teams were talking them up big in scrims. So during their games this week, the tank line really... They looked like they were finally in step with each other, and there were way fewer times where someone got caught out of position. There weren't those moments where, some, where like, Roar was far ahead or Void wasn't there to back him up or something like that. I mean, Roar plays... Pretty aggressively. Yeah, he does, does he not like not necessarily bumper levels of aggressive? I mean, but, who is? But bumper style of aggressive. Um, I don't know that I would agree with that. Just because bumper is he's the doctor disrespect of of like Overwatch League. Bumper's crazy. Of just violence, momentum, or like what? Well, fucking what's the one? The like. Some like something momentum violence or like violence. I have not heard this phrase before. My my usual is uh, arson, murder, jaywalking, and that's mm. not this. No. Um. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. He's he's completely crazy. Yeah. But, but if he were yeah. sane, 
bumper style. Yeah, well, the thing is, I think that you could say that about a lot of tanks in Overwatch League, where, like, aggressive play is favored with Reinhardt for the most part. True. Unless you're mono. Um... Anyway, they were hitting their combinations way more cleanly. They were doing a great job of, like, capitalizing on staggers and picking off people when Big Goose would go around and do, like, an isolation boop to, like, knock someone forward into the team. Uh, Stage playoffs, not entirely out of the picture for Gladiators. It's going to depend on how this weekend goes. Well, honestly, it would require a number of teams to take some pretty hard losses. So it's unlikely to the point it's almost definitely not going to happen. It would be, like... Luke Hitton is shot on the Death Star levels of unlikely. I mean... <laughs> it's one in a million. It's really unlikely, but not impossible. You know, I'm gonna pull up the standings while we talk. Just to have a number behind that. Not because I don't believe you, because I do, but well, I'm gonna pull up the... They're, they're three, yeah, four, they're at they? 13. Yeah, yeah they're at three, three, yeah, they're at three, four with a plus one map differential. And there's a bunch of three threes ahead of them. Yes. Boston, Seoul, Houston, London. Yes. Houston, I think, probably has mention, a good chance. There are, a, there's a, at least a couple teams that still have a few games to play. Yeah. Like, behind them as well, that have a non-zero chance of getting in there. Namely, Paris. Shanghai and or no, Shanghai's already out. My bad. Uh, namely, Paris. But yeah. yeah, you would need a lot of teams to take fairly convincing losses for Gladiators to get in there. I mean, they have London, Seoul, Houston, and Boston ahead of them. Yes, you never know. Yes, but you're, but that's you know assuming that Atlanta, San Francisco, Guangzhou, Dallas, and Philly don't hold their spots. Yeah, because Excelsior, Titans, and Toronto confirmed. Mm, yeah. Uh, so playoffs. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if they they're really if they're past the growing pains phase of incorporating these new players into the roster, stage two could look a lot brighter for them. Uh, on the other end, you know, Atlanta looked a little bit shaky, but I. I don't think that this is one of those cases where they got completely decimated in a way that it's like they've been figured out and shut down and exposed. They put up a fight despite the 4-0 scoreline, and honestly, I think they kind of got caught out by this resurgent Gladiators team who were just able to land early picks and apply a ton of pressure when they saw the blood in the water. They didn't seem like they were expecting this kind of fight, and they just couldn't get their feet back under them despite whatever they did. You know, the defeats... This loss isn't the end of the world for them. They're still in playoff uh, contention, and if they make the necessary adjustments in their next two games, we're probably going to see them there. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Yes. Um, Up next, uh, Valiant. Hurt me some more. Just hurt me some more. Let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) I love my team very much. It has also been a very difficult season. These are not mutually exclusive. As a Dallas fan, I understand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, last season. And like uh, I said, I've been Broncos, Vikings, mm-hmm. Air Force sports. Mm-hmm. Like, I get having a rough season. Yeah. I do. I've been there so many so, times. <laughs> Valiant has finished stage one at zero and seven. An outcome I don't think people really saw coming going into this season. Not after Stage 4 Champions, yeah. no. I definitely thought that this season was going to be rougher for them because they lost soon, and they lost two of their coaching staff that were added when they really started making that run to the top in the form of Demon, who's with Paris now, and Gumba, who's over with Boston. But I don't think anyone thought that they were going to go down this far. Yeah. Uh, there are some bright spots on the team. Kareev might not be the best Zarya in the league, but aside from like alt usage and bubble timings, like things that things you, that you need to be a good Zarya. Well, <laughs> things that you need to be better than average. He's still yes. putting out really good DPS numbers. Like he's putting out a lot of damage, uh, which is a big component of Zarya in Goats because yeah. Zarya is one of the is the key damage dealer. But yeah, he's doing all right. Like, he's performing in some areas, not quite as much in others. Uh, Izayaki's a monster on Zenyatta, and Space is doing a really good job of denying enemy ultimates. And I thought he played out of his mind uh, this week. Like, he was really good. And I mean, can we take a step back and talk about Izayaki for a little bit? We have We have a Valiant-flavored Jonak. Yes. 
He's not. I mean, no one is at Jonak levels mm-hmm. because Jonak is terrifying. Yeah. But that—that that is what Izayaki has become. Mm-hmm. He is a terrifyingly good yeah. Zenyatta. Speaking of Jonak, though, did you see his tweet after the game? I it, did. Yeah. Jonak, uh, after uh, the game with Shock, tweeted, you know, GG's San Francisco Shock. Uh, I really had to take a shit in the first map. And some, I don't remember who it was on and Shock or Super. Play, yeah. Super comes in, you took that shit on our head, GG's. Yeah. Like, Super like, is honestly, like, I love him and his social media stuff. Like, there was one time Uber was just like, finally a cast I'm happy with. And Super immediately commented, you doubt your abilities one more time, I will give you the people's elbow. Final warning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Super. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, just the fucking giga chat of comedy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the for Valiant, the, the current metagame is not their friend. Uh, Agilities has been rocky on the Brigida. He might not be getting picked as much as some other players who have struggled on the role. Looking at you, Jake. Um, but he's really just not getting value out of his abilities or his ultimate in the way that he needs to. Like, particularly the Rally, which he tends to pop in moments where his team really doesn't need it. Instead of, like, the normally when you see it come out, it's during a fight where there's a lot of wounded people and you need that extra push to get across the finish line. Yeah. Or when you're coming in for, like, an engagement, like, as a tool to keep everyone alive and let you go, like, super aggressive. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really, you know, pop it in those moments. Like, his timings are off in a way that I feel like costs the team some fights. I'm not really sure he has that support sense, because yeah. he's, he's one of our DPS people. Mm-hmm. And that is the point of him. The... I feel like, and this is getting into meta talk, and we covered this extensively our previous episode. Yeah. But I feel like once we're playing on the patch with um, Batiste, mm-hmm. and once we get those other patches, those uh, nerfs and whatnot through, I think that'll break goats. And I think we'll get to see a very, very different stage too, because all these DPS players who have been stuck on tanks are going to be able to go back to playing DPS Mm -hmm. and shit's going to get crazy. I'm going to like, I miss DPS play so much. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of why people love Chengdu so much this season is because it's been consistent DPS playing from them. And it's like, Oh, I miss when Widowmaker battles were a thing and headshots happened. And mm-hmm. yeah, double sniper defenses were nuts. Like mm. it, it, it makes you miss when, I don't want to say like it's not exciting, mm-hmm. but there was so much more to it when the meta didn't shut out literally half the characters mm-hmm. in the game. So it's, again, I think once we get that meta shift, we're going to see very, very different standings across the board I don't know once we get our DPS players back I in. don't know that Valiant is going to move all that much. I think they'll be up, but I'll get to why in a second. Oh, I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Um, Fate, uh, he still looks uncomfortable on the Reinhardt, and especially in the way that it, you kind of need to play it in GOATS. And also, I think the Kukio experiment is kind of a failed one. I have nothing against Kuki. I have no idea why they put a main tank on a main support. Yeah, role. that's whatever. Especially when Custa the Lucio main exists. What? Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you see the the bit from like the Valiant behind the scenes video where like Moon said something about how like Custa's play like was you know very intelligent and had like a good understanding of the meta and like. Basically, it almost came down to the fact that he understands the meta better than the team, and the team didn't know what to do with what he was telling them, according to Coach Moon. I'd heard about the Custa shot calling was too smart for the meta bit. There's also been, like, Coach Moon came out on Twitter and Mm -hmm. said, yeah, there was more that I said in that interview, but they picked that bit. Like, editing skills. Well, he did say that he stood by that statement. True. Um... But yeah, whatever Kuki seems to do as a shot caller doesn't seem to be any kind of noticeable upgrade from Custa. And he also just doesn't look comfortable on Lucio in the way that you need to be in order to hack it on the Overwatch League stage. Yeah. I mean, he's a tank player. They put mm-hmm. him on support. That's t- I'm, I'm not saying that you're mm-hmm. incapable, but I'm saying that's two very different yeah. roles. Someone had a clip of Kuki dying like way, 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 way late after a fight and staggering himself hard that was just that just said Kuki is a food group. 
Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but no. It, yeah. Yeah. This was just not not good. Yeah. Um, as a team, their alt management and their ability to, like, combo on their cooldowns is really underwhelming. Uh, and this lack of cohesion makes me wonder if they're going to look much better, even in a more DPS-heavy meta, because, like, here's the thing. Agilities. Great Genji, good Farah. Kareev, he's got a good Widow, but the other things that he broke out when he was playing DPS during, like, Valiant's kind of... During their fuel phase, where they're just throwing shit at the wall in terms of who's playing what and seeing what sticks... In the California um, Cup, basically. Well, no, before that, like, in, like, Stage 2 and 3, because he oh, played okay. DPS for a bit for uh, at that point. I think that was before I was really into it. Yeah, um, he looked good, but not great. Um... Bunny, really good tracer, improved a lot on Widow, but I don't know sort of what he's going to bring to the table in terms of that, you know, in terms of flexibility, really. And KSF has just not seemed comfortable on the Overwatch League stage when we've seen him come out there. So you don't have a lot of people that can cover a bunch of different bases in terms of their DPS play and still perform at a high level, or at least we haven't seen them do that. So we still have a soon-shaped hole in the lineup. You have a soon-shaped hole and just... It's... I don't know that the DPS heavy meta is going to end up benefiting them as much as I initially thought it would. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a DPS heavy meta. I mean, I just missed two, two, and two. Oh, yeah, well... You know? Well you, well, you know what I'm saying in this yes. case. Yes. Um, anyway, yeah. with the stage over, and I, I think, honestly, that lack of coordination and weird things like Kuki on uh, on Lucio, I think that, uh, that that's partially why Valiant has made this recent decision of, prom- of parting ways with uh, their longtime head coach, Moon, who joined them after stage one of season one. Um... And promoted Packing Ten, who was the head coach of Angry Titans in Contenders EU, to interim head coach while they start looking for someone new. I mean, this is a thing that happens in professional sports, though. You yeah. have you have a team that went from a winning season to a straight up losing season. Oftentimes, the coach is the first to go. It's true, so... but the, and this I think is especially. Because, honestly, Valiant being this rough at GOATs is almost kind of baffling. Yeah. Like, because, here's the thing. Moon, as a coach, has always been someone who has really, like, Valiant are a team that learns whatever meta is going on, and they play it very well. Like, if you look at Season 1, they adapted to the different meta games and, like, uh, got very good at the different meta compositions, whatever they might be. Yeah. He's someone who goes by conventional wisdom and ensures that your team play is very good in the way that it needs to be to enable a comp. Valiant's team play has been really bad. The thing that he's supposed to be really good at as a coach is lacking in a really big way. Yikes. And if you're going into a meta that his coaching style really should kind of benefit the team and you get this result, what are you going to do when you shift out of a metagame, into a metagame that might not favor him? Yikes. Yeah, and I like Packing 10. Packing 10 did a good job with Angry Titans. They got, like, second place finishes in Contenders EU. Um, The team played very well under him, and I hope that he brings something new to the table for the sake of the Valiant, because... I'm not hopeful for their stage two with what I'm seeing right now, even if the meta does change. We might see a win or two, but I wouldn't I don't think that we'd get a winning valiant in that case. Yeah. It's hard to be a valiant fan right now. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's not gonna stop me. No, but it's hard. And no, nor <laughs> nor should it. Yeah. Nor should it. Like you hang on through the rough times mm. and then the good times will eventually come back. Yeah. You just you have to be patient. You have to stick with it. It's true. And it's a very, very hard thing to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. talk to Shanghai fans, you guys. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> Shanghai also got, you know, reverse momentum in terms of fan support, where the love that they got 
just became like, they deserve it. Give it to them. Let them have it. Give them the precious. Speaking of giving them the precious, we have a sponsor. (laughs) This is good to you think. That is the best segue I have ever done on this or possibly any show. And I will own that. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Anyway, On the Point is sponsored by Fred's BS. Breads and spreads by Fred. Fred's BS is an L.A. local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches. Whether you're looking for homemade jams, brownies, blondies, or brown sugar buddies, the best cookies you've ever had, Fred's BS can provide. The uh, brown sugar buddies are also known as the precious. Yes. And he can provide those. Oh, yeah. No, he, yeah. he does. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients. Nothing is ever frozen. And Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're L.A. local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code ONTHEPOINT for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S.com, and coupon code ONTHEPOINT. Fred's BS. Treat yourself, because you deserve it. So for those of you throwing, like, playoffs parties or stage Mm -hmm. finals parties, order some cookies, order some jam, put out a spread. Do it. It's amazing. Do it. Treat yourself. They're so good. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Anyway. (laughs) All right. On to the next of the uh, kind of topics I wanted to discuss. Speaking of Shanghai. Shanghai. They had a very up and down week. They started uh, with fuel. uh, And I I hesitate to say that they started strong because Nepal was kind of a shit show on both sides. But it was competitive. They started competitive. But after that, they kind of got taken apart and it just got worse as it went on. Shanghai looked nervous. They played a little bit sloppier than they usually do up against a Dallas that seemed to have them pretty well scouted from their previous game. Ding got shut down fairly consistently. Gamsu was kind of struggling in the tank battle against OG. And their nerves kind of allowed for some cheeky plays like Closer's back cap uh, to, to kind of slip through when they might not have, uh, you know, let that happen otherwise. And again, I, I have to wonder if losing to Fuel in the previous week and, you know, the C9 mm-hmm. heard around the world yeah. to the point where the hosts made a sketch about C9s this yeah. week. Like, yeah. yikes! And I wonder if that wasn't nerves, if that wasn't a lot of, this is what happened last time, we can't let it happen again. Mm-hmm. And if that's how you start, you just fall apart. True. And, like, sometimes, uh, you know, wanting to give someone a receipt is a bit of a motivator, but... Like we talked about with Hong Shou, and, you know, it can sometimes end up making you a little more nervous than, you know, amped for oh, what, yeah. you're, what you're going into. I think they lost the head game before they lost the actual game. Yeah, I think so, especially after that first map. Yeah. Um, against London, though, they put on a, a more impressive showing and defeated the reigning Overwatch League champions 3-2. And I just want to point out how fucking crazy it is that we're saying, oh yeah, Shanghai has a competitive series against London and they win. That was... I was yelling and very happy and then turned around and explained to my roommate that, yeah, it's like, oh, well, what's the big deal? Well, Shanghai just beat London in a map five. Well, what does that mean? Well, usually we go to four maps and if we need a tiebreaker, we go to map five. That's three rounds. So it was third round of map five. So at the very end... And the team that had exactly zero wins last season beat last season's champions. Mm -hmm. And she went, oh. Yeah. Like, she doesn't Overwatch League. She doesn't Overwatch at all. She just tolerates me yelling into the void when things occur. (laughs) And even she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's impressive. Yeah. And I do want to say that this isn't, you know, super shocking to me. Not like... I predicted it for a reason. Basically, Shanghai's new roster has a lot of potential. And Spitfire, they've been struggling with the tank-heavy play. And honestly, this is like a... This was... As much as I was harping on the super close game between Valiant and Houston, this was a super close, super fun game that shows a lot of the reasons why people see potential in this roster and a lot of the difficulties they've got to overcome 
before they realize that potential uh, for Shanghai. It's a series I really recommend watching, especially if, you know, uh, like some of us here, you you might really want to see those DPS comps that come out in the latter half. I was yelling for a reason. <laughs> yes. Uh, but King King's Row might actually be the most telling of the maps for me. Really? Yes, because on attack, Shanghai did a really, really good job of implementing their game plan with that Somber Goats really, really cleanly. They landed their combinations well. They avoided, like, costly mistakes that we saw against Dallas. They were generally managing their ult economy better than London. Not always, but most of the time. Um, Ding outperformed guard. Both teams, uh, Zens, did a good job of avoiding EMP. But watch that defensive round for a microcosm of all the good and bad things about Shanghai Dragons as they exist right now. They suffered a whole bunch of picks on that defense, some of which, a lot of which, arguably shouldn't have happened, but they played really intelligently around them. They knew when to back the fuck up. They knew when to be aggressive. They were willing to give up ticks to regroup and come back in. They did a great job of holding their ultimates for the right moments. And, you know, in the interest of all fairness, some of the Herculean effort for this defense was done by London. They didn't really capitalize well on the advantages they had when they got those picks. Their focus fire didn't really... It wasn't there. They didn't effectively just hammer down on targets. But that doesn't change the fact that Shanghai played like a well-oiled unit in the moments they really needed to. And if they can avoid the picks that made that, like, Thermopylae 300-esque hold necessary and tighten their play up to where they're doing what they did in that defense all the time, we could see them go pretty deep in future stages, I think, provided they don't get hamstrung by meta changes. And I wonder if part of this, again, isn't the head game. I wonder Mm. if some of these teams don't go in going, oh, well, we're facing the Dragons. Because last season it was, we're facing the Dragons, Mm -hmm. easy win. Yeah. Like dragons getting Well, you say that, five, but just, a lot of teams yeah. did go out of their way to say that they prepped harder for Shanghai than they did for other teams because they didn't want to be the ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Houston said that a bunch, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, well, and it eventually has to be someone. Yeah, it eventually, true. And in this case, it was Boston. Yes. And that doesn't mean that, oh, no, Boston's a bad team or whatever. Well, to be yeah. fair, I'm, I'm also going to say in Boston's defense... They got fucked out of their main tank. Fusions um, mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to play due to some snafus regarding the... Two-way uh, contract? Uh, uh, yeah, around the understanding and implementation of two-way contracts. So that's why he wasn't there in that game. I'm not saying the outcome would have been different, but I will say that Boston did look worse without him. But we're also talking about they took a map five from London. Yes. So yeah. that wasn't... Again, nothing against Boston, but that wasn't necessarily a one-off for the Dragons. Yeah, no. I, it's, they're 3-4, yeah. they're aren't they? Uh, yes, 3-4. So four. not a winning season, but not by much. Yeah, no, like, and they performed impressively in a lot of the games where they did lose. Like Shanghai, And we finally got Gagory back on stage. Gagory was on stage for the win. She won. Yes. She, and she played really well in that map fight. I'm not, like, she didn't carry it, but she got a few clutch picks. Like, she really contributed to that win. And this is the first time that she's gotten to walk. Yeah, the first time that she's gotten to take that walk to shake the other team's hands. Which, yes. that's really fucking cool. I'm very happy for it. Just let me just yell into the yeah. void some more about my frog queen. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for Shanghai. I am too. I am too. Now, I don't have it in the notes because I was still in the middle of, like, reviewing this when you got here. But we got to talk about Vancouver versus Chengdu. Holy actual hell. Oh my god. It started god. off so normal on that first map with yeah. Vancouver just decimating um, uh, Chengdu. On a control map. Which mm-hmm. some teams are really good at them and some teams are really not. Yeah. Everyone's got their stuff that they're talented at. Yeah, and then Hollywood, man. Holly, it, it all started coming Hollywood off the rails happened. there. Hollywood happened. Like, I was expecting that to be... I was expecting this whole thing to just be an easy 4-0 or a 3-1 for yeah. Vancouver. I was expecting this to just be, all right, well... I think everyone was. Yeah. Probably including Vancouver, which might have been part of the problem. Oh, no. I think on Temple of Anubis, they definitely got cocky. Because they, like... So... 
breaking it down from what I got to watch, because when it was happening, I was just mostly just going, what? Like, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. really paying too much attention to it. But rewatching it, what I saw was one. Control map, I don't really have much to say about that. Uh, on Hollywood, Chengdu did a really good job on Westworld, spacing out their snipers, pocketing whoever was getting dove. The focus fire from Vancouver was a little bit lackluster at times. Um, they whiffed a couple alts and made a few questionable decisions, especially right at the end when they're trying to get that last couple inches on the payload. They just looked panicked. Like, yeah. they, like the, the target selection kind of came apart. And they just... Chengdu, they thrive in chaos. They're the they fu- are chaos. They're the fucking Joker. Like, they just... In that situation, they did a really good job of spacing out, keeping the damage coming in, not letting the C9 happen, uh, and just Vancouver, they fucked up. Like, they kind of buckled under the pressure in that one case because there were there was one time where... Bumper was chasing Bacon Jack up and down the high ground, and Bacon Jack's getting pocketed, and he had him at like one HP. Then Bumper gets the uh, the nano boost, and for some reason he jumps towards the back after Kayo, and it's like you have he, Bacon Jack right there. Yeah, and Bacon Jack's been the one doing a lot of damage, and like because he's an unholy terror. Yeah, no, honestly, like this was a really good series for Bacon Jack. Like, Bacon Jack was one of the reasons I think this came as close as it did. Oh, yeah. Bacon Jack was good. Their support line was, as, was you know, good as usual. And, like, they still played really sloppy in a lot of cases. Like, their focus fire was all over the fucking place. They're, like, a, even going into Anubis, like, they looked really rocky. But, man... Did Vancouver look cocky on that attack round with the Genji going into point B? Like, I can see using Genji in full dive on point A, but I don't know why the hell they would use the Brig in that case uh, instead of going with, like, Sombra and doing Genji Sombra dive. Yeah. Because the the strength of dive, for those of you who have forgotten, is your ability to get a whole bunch of high-mobility characters jumping on the same target at the same time. If you're doing... Uh, that with the Sombra as well, you can hack to immobilize a target so they don't get away. And then you've also got more damage being able to be focused onto one person. Whereas Brig, like, it's useful for keeping people off of your backline, but Chengdu, like, most of what they were doing was pretty was pretty ranged or highly mobile. The Brigida was of pretty limited effectiveness in yeah. that case, and then there was just no goddamn reason to have the Genji on B. Especially, like, I understand, like, wanting to go for the blade because Hoxall's really good at Genji, but they committed ults to try and set him up, and then he just got bashed by Jinmu, and immediately yeah. that went out the window. And honestly, like, I can't fully explain Among switching to Rhine and doing well because. He didn't do great on Anubis. He did well enough. But on Route 66, he was blocking Bumper's shatters with, like, psychic prescience. It was fucking weird. I have to wonder how much prep Chengdu did for this match, looking at Vancouver's strategies and whatnot. Considering they've got RUI there, I'd have to say probably a lot. And I wonder if that didn't make a lot of the difference. I think it made a lot of difference because that's the only reason that I can think of that Among was outplaying Bumper to the level that he was. Uh, well, especially think about on it. Bumper is chaos. Yeah, no, that's just what... run. The, the team is really, really good at playing around and with him. Yeah, all of Chengdu is yeah, chaos, and, that, and that's kind of what I was gonna what I was gonna say. Maybe the only way to defeat Bumper is to be more of a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, like knows like. Yeah, it's just... It's like a fucking stand battle in JoJo's. <laughs> it's like, just... How completely ridiculously extra can you get? Yeah. Alrighty, let's go. Yeah, and... Again, I have to really look at this to give a more detailed analysis, but I think Vancouver got cocky. They weren't quite ready 
for the fucking insanity that Chengdu brought to the table, and I don't think they were expecting Chengdu to run GOATS, much less do it well. Because they were playing it competently, which is something we haven't seen them do before. I don't think I've seen them play it before. I think they've played it before, but it was always like a desperation pick when shit was already tits up anyway. Yeah. Um, they were using it. They were using it effectively. And it's really just down to the fact that Vancouver's coordination as a team was just better on map five than it came out the way that it did. Um, I would have howled if Chengdu had handed the Titans their first loss. I think everyone would have because nobody would have expected it. Yeah. Because like going into this, it really did look like everything Chengdu was good at as a team was negated by all the things that Vancouver was good at as a team. And sure yeah. enough, those advantages won, won it out for them. But I just Chengdu's insane flexibility and the fact that you just can't predict what the fuck they're going to do, it, it just gave them such an edge that I think it threw Vancouver off for the first time that we're really seeing. And I don't know that a second round between them would go the same way. No. Just in the same way that I think that that um, Dallas, you know, kind of figured out Shanghai between rounds. Basically, what I think this was, was Chengdu showing off shit that we didn't know that they could do. A bunch of their players playing out of their minds. Bacon Jack. Yeah, like Bacon Jack. Like Among pulling out a very competent Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. And Vancouver being first cocky, two surprised, and then three just not knowing what to do in a fight against a composition they just didn't expect. Yeah. Because this was something that would not have shown up on a scouting report. This is something you couldn't have planned for because we haven't seen them do this before. Yeah. You, you go and it was clearly Chengdu. practice, too. You go into a fight against the Hunters expecting Wrecking Ball as your tank, expecting probably some sniper play, mm -hmm. and expecting just complete chaos. Mm -hmm. Like, you expect them to have the DPS-heavy comps. They pull out competent goats? Yes. You have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And honestly, I also think there was just some sloppiness from Vancouver that's kind of uncharacteristic. Maybe part of the nerves, maybe part of the cockiness, maybe just having an off day. But Soyman Su whiffed a couple grabs. Uh, Bumper let a bunch of uh, Among Shatters get through. Like, there were just things that they just didn't look like they were doing what they normally did to the same level. You know what else it might have been? What? This game was uh, evening on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Fucking daylight savings time. Mm. That, I hesitate to blame it on outside factors because I do also think... You know, we're Vancouver, we've destroyed everyone, and we're going up against these yeah. guys. I think that, again, the head game, I think, was a part of it. But also, daylight savings time will heck you up something awful. True. Even if you do get enough sleep the night before, I, uh, it just... I don't, I'm, I'm leery about that, but... Again, I don't want to mm. blame it entirely on that, but I would not remove it as a factor. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, it could have been a contributing factor. Anyway, I feel like this makes everyone reevaluate where they've put Chengdu. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think it exposes Vancouver or anything. I don't think like the question always was going to be how well are they going to handle stuff that isn't goats or that they weren't necessarily prepared for. And I think when they were dealing with the DPS comps, by and large, they handled it pretty well on that first map. Um, I think that this is going to be something that makes their coaching staff really take a closer look. I think this is going to be something that they pay a lot of attention to going forward. And, yeah, we'll see how it looks the next time someone tries to run this shit against them, which very well might come this weekend. I also have to wonder if it's not going to make, because Chengdu's facing Atlanta this weekend. Mm -hmm. I have to wonder if Atlanta didn't sit up and take notice when this happened. Oh, you'd have to, considering the position that they're in. Atlanta needs to needs to win at least one of their next two games and not get blown out in either to guarantee the fact that they have that playoff spot. 
if Chengdu is pulling this out, you need to suddenly add this to the, you know, your threat radar. And you also have to wonder, what else are they capable of that they haven't bothered showing us? Because they're doing pretty okay on this wrecking ball and pharmacy comp. Yeah, and it's just, it's really hard to say. And it's going to be tricky to see how Atlanta, a team that is also kind of known for pulling out some more unique strategies and being cheeky and doing like weird things to sort of throw people off, how they're going to handle when they're getting a whole lot of that thrown their way. Oh, yeah. And then also coming back from getting 4 would by the Gladiators. Yeah. Which no one was expecting. No, I don't think I so. But I rather enjoyed. It was nice to see the Gladiators win, especially after how much I've, like... Because I've been on record saying I think Roar is really good and was very underrated going into things. Yeah. All right, before we hit predictions... Yeah. Are there any particular plays... That stood out to you this week. Because for me, the one that I keep coming back mm. to, and I'm obviously very biased, was the Valiant um, corner shatter against Philly on Route 66. Yeah. Just turning around and waiting in wait, lying in wait for the team and then taking half of them out with one shatter was that just was... beautiful. Yeah, that was really good. One I want to point out, uh, and there was a video of it on from Closer's perspective on the subreddit, is him getting the back cap on Shanghai because it was mm-hmm. like you think it's just them fucking up, but no, he was just slick as hell, slid right past him. It was like honestly kind of beautiful. Um, There's, it's fun when you get individual stuff like that. I, yeah, Bacon Jack. I just, oh my god! Again, yeah. I can't think of anything I'm, in particular, but well, it's like just watching Sabioldi or soon street, when he pulls out that s- widow. Street phase on Hollywood is where we see some peak Bacon Jack. We get that fucking premium Iberico ham. Uh, and I feel like another one you got to watch... That premium what now? The most expensive, like, pork product in the world. Okay. Because he's Bacon Jack. Okay. Um, anyway, another one you got to watch uh, is Ilios between Shanghai and London. Because, mm-hmm. among other things, you see Prophet hitting, like, a cross-the-map fucking headshot on Farah as Hanzo, which was just... How? <laughs> because he's Prophet. Just Prophet things. It's just Prophet things. Again, this this is why I can't wait for DPS in any capacity to come back in yeah. the meta, because we have so many people stuck in roles that they're not accustomed to playing yeah. or not as suited to. Yeah. So put them back where they belong. And then we have people who have been benched the whole season. Mm-hmm. Bunny and Pine and Custa and just Well, all to be of these fair, I that... don't know that that's a goat's problem for most for some of those as it was a, a valiant problem. Pine though. Yeah, I said most. Yeah. Yeah, Pine is a genuine. But there's yeah. th- those are the ones that come to mind because personal yeah. bias and because people won't shut up about Pine. <laughs> like Because Pine's pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But again, we have players who have been on the bench all season because they're DPS specialists that couldn't crossplay into tanks. Yo, what's up, so, Taimo? Yeah. yeah. So again, I can't wait for DPS to come back so we can get some new content. Like I said, I want stage two to be mm-hmm. chaos. I want the I want the new patch to hit. I don't know when Batiste is coming out. I don't think we have a date or an announcement, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't think we have one yet either. Yeah. I feel like if he'd come out this week, we would have had a good chance for seeing that patch yeah. in Stage 2. I think if it doesn't happen next week, it, we won't see that patch for Stage 2. We'll be we'll still be on GOATS. Well, I I think they said something about it being... Well, we have a couple bye weeks between stages as well. Oh, yeah, no, it's going to be till like, April, so they have some time. Okay. Yeah, no, we, I just... It's entirely possible that we're going to see Baptiste coming out. And I think, like, Stage 2 is going to be played on the PTR patch. I want it to be chaos. I want it to be chaos. I don't want there to be a developed meta. I want to see people pull out completely ridiculous, stupid comps. I want to see what Dive looks like with Batiste. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. I just want to see some completely crazy stuff. So um, that's that's my wish list. Is yeah. Let's kill goats and burn the carcass and dance around it like crazy people. Um that metaphor got away from me. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. This is what happens when you let me yes and. I wasn't kidding about daylight savings time fucking people up. Ah. 
I'm just trying to confirm because I remember seeing something about stage two. You know what? We'll we'll find it later. We'll put it on the Twitter. It'll happen. Yeah. And or possibly in the comments for this. Like we, if we find that information, we will put it out. But for now, if you ha- unless you have any other plays you want to talk about, we should um, probably go into predictions. You should watch the Overwatch Pretenders game on our YouTube channel uh, about uh, the the Mercury Cougars versus Alpine Wolves match that I played in. It was good. Yes. It was a good game. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Also, uh, I think the casters really liked you. Or more, they liked the idea of you ripping your shirt off. Well, they were stealing a lot of the jokes that... Um, and not, one thing I'll recommend watching if you want like a really good breakdown of Vancouver versus uh, Chengdu in a very funny way. Uh, Sideshow on his stream, because he's stuck in Visa Hell back in England, mm. was uh, streaming that game live and doing commentary with Avast and ZP. Uh, and they're just ripping the whole time and just watching them slowly go wait this is fucking happening this is fucking what eh? mm? like just watch that it's funny as hell i was wondering where sideshow was i yeah. miss him yeah no, i did too i will say that uber and mr x are doing a good job this time around. oh i mean they're always good and i'm far less enchanted with uh monty now that i know how he comports himself in real life yeah he's uh he's, he's a al- dick he's thing is that's always been monty yeah, but I, yeah, no, I only ever saw the professional side of things, and he's, mm-hmm. he is very good at his job. Mm-hmm. I am, i just completely disenchanted at this he's, point he's after always, seeing he's some always, of the stuff he says. He's always been a snarky bastard. Yeah, but you can be a snarky bastard and not be a dick. Mm-hmm. I don't think he knows where that line is. I don't think he cares. Yeah, that's also the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From someone who has been fighting really hard to be like, guys in the fandom, mm-hmm. I don't care who you root for, be nice to each other. Yeah. To see him drive a wedge in there and then go at it with a rubber mallet is like, please stop. Mm-hmm. Please stop. Yeah. Yeah. Monty occasionally has some good things to say, but sometimes it's just like, okay, dude, calm the, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there, there's a point. Uh, anyway. Anyway. That's that's my yeah. that's my rant of the week. That's my two cents. Next week's predictions. Oh boy. Okay, so Saturday, Washington Justice versus Paris Eternal. Paris. Paris. Let's be real. Next uh, up next, London versus Seoul. This is going to be hard to coin flip. This is going to be hard to call to because we don't know. Seoul played a completely different roster than they normally do. Yeah. Hmm. It's just, I, I don't even know. This is such a coin flip, especially given just how the season has gone. For how it. up so and down both, of, both of these teams have been. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to depend on the day and the phase mm, of the fucking moon. I am going to go with Seoul. I'll take those odds. I'll go London. Okay. Yeah, I know ta- I might be taking the sucker bet this time just because uh, Seoul has never beaten London. It's a but new stage. Shanghai's a, never beaten London either, and stage, here we yeah, are. Yeah, new stage, new patch, <laughs> and a whole lot of other weirdness. Yeah. Um, you are taking the fissure bet, but that hasn't necessarily made as much of a difference this no, stage. No, no. As uh, I'm sure Shanghai, Shanghai, Seoul was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, Dallas versus Boston. I'm going Dallas on this. No, that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Boston. I think it's close, but I think Dallas is going to... Basically, I think the crux of what Boston does is fusions. Fusions is fucking mental. If fusions is negated, if those big brain Ryan plays are not unleashed upon the map, then they're in trouble. You really like teams with crazy main tanks, don't you? Well, one, it's what I'd like to watch so I can learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and two... I'm not rooting for Boston. I'm just saying Fusions is a fucking mentalist. Like, he's really good. And I do think that his team centers around his play and his shot calling. I don't think that that's always the case. Because in our, just as an example, in our next match, Atlanta Reign has the highest DPS in Reinhardt in the entire league in Pokepo. But I don't think that Pokepo is the defining factor in their play style. No. Whereas I think Fusions is for Uprising. 
Because if you are in the arena, you hear him fucking belting orders. Like, he is taking charge. And honestly, and honestly, I think a, a lot of the team is uneven enough that having that consistently awesome player helps them sort of like, it gives them something out. to hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So that I can see, yeah, Seoul and London and Dallas and Boston, I can see going either way. Yeah. I, I'm pr- like, I'm more sure of Dallas and Boston than I am of Seoul and London. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Next, Atlanta Rain versus Chengdu. This is one that just became a lot more fucking nebulous now, isn't it? I mean, yeah, after this past week? Where Boston, Boston, Atlanta gets uh, 4 Dismantled. And then Chengdu goes five rounds with Vancouver Titans. And, and nearly takes us. Yeah, where <laughs> Bumper came out like fucking Apollo Creed in Rocky too. Like, just, I won, but I didn't beat him. Like, <laughs> Um, my God. Yeah, I will go for the sucker bet on this one. Put me down for the Hunters. It's probably not a great plan, but you know what? I like chaos. I I, I enjoy it a bit, too. Um, <laughs> ah, fuck it, Atlanta. Yeah. Watch, I'm going to come out of this with a batting average of like 0.1. <laughs> What'd you do? Well, I called that Justice wasn't going to win. <laughs> yeah, well, in in this... Which is, again, a terrible thing to say in, for someone yeah. who's like, be nice, be nice, be nice. In this case, I think Atlanta has been better more consistently. Mm-hmm. And Chengdu has never really tailored strats in a way that has thrown the enemy off. Uh, as and they Defran did against is, Vancouver. And Defran is enough of an agent of chaos that they yes. might be... Then again, we had Bumper versus yeah. a team of chaos, and that nearly... Yeah. You never know. It, um... I feel like the Chengdu one is the one that required more prep for Atlanta. Just because their other match is going to be against Houston, and Houston... I'm it's not Houston. going to make a comment on the quality of their play, but I will say that it is more predictable. Oh, yeah. You don't need to spend as much time studying their footage. Yeah. Now, again, the, and, hun- the Hunters yeah. are the agents of chaos yeah. in this stage. Yeah, Chengdu can either be incredible or fucking dookie. It's like, whereas Outlaws, you know what you can expect. I will I will take those odds. Screaming chaos. Let's go. Let's and, do and it. Think, Let's go. I think, Atla- I think Atlanta is watching them just a little too closely. Uh, anyway, we'll Philly Fusion versus Paris Eternal. Now, Ooh, this is another really interesting one. Because yeah. I feel like both teams have had their weaknesses exposed in a lot of the their recent games. This is a very interesting one for me. I think this one comes down to who plays the meta better. Yeah. I feel like Philly is a little more comfortable on the meta, but I feel like Paris has a little more team cohesion. Honestly, I think Paris is the better GOATS team by and large, because when they've played it well, they've played it well, but when they've been forced out of their comfort zone, when, like, basically, they lost to Atlanta because Atlanta, uh, you know, countered their cute Symmetra stuff, pulled out some plays that they hadn't seen, and took the initiative a lot more than Paris. When Paris got to dictate fights in previous matches, they did pretty well. Um, and they also did a good job of stuffing crews, setting up for Ben Best. Um, so it may be a matter of whether or not Philly can take the initiative. Yeah. Whether they can be aggressive, dictate the pace of fights, and get the kills in, and get early picks in those engagements... And I don't know that they can. Yeah, I'm going Paris. I'm going Paris too, but I, but this is one of those ones that I feel like it could go either way, and it's a very slim margin that I'm picking Paris by, just because Fusion has looked really uncoordinated on goats. I don't think they know how to do it super well, and I feel like I don't know the map pool that they're going to be playing, but unless they get some stuff that enables a lot more DPS pocket picks, and they've had the time to practice those, I feel better about the Paris Eternals' chances. Yeah. Up next, uh, Washington Justice versus Fleur de Mayhem. This might also be a close one for completely different reasons. Yeah. It's... But I'm gonna go Florida. Same. Florida 
isn't anemic at most of their positions, and while they are weaker than some teams and they're inconsistent, they have not shown the same degree of structural problems in their lineup as Washington has. I feel so bad for Washington. I do too. It's It sucks being the Shanghai of this season. I do too. It really, really does. And I was hoping we'd go into the season without. And we have a lot more parity this season, I think, yeah. than we did oh, last. Yeah. But... There's still there's still very obviously some teams at the bottom, and Mayhem is one, and Justice is one, and for some reason Valiant is also one. It's like I mean we just okay, went by, we yep. went through the reasons. Yep. Yep. So uh, I'm yeah. still going for Mayhem because they're slightly less at the bottom, mm-hmm. but I I would not be surprised to see Justice go 0 and seven this season as well. Uh yeah, no, that's kind of what I'm expecting. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. This this could be the map. You never know. Yeah. After that, we have Outlaws versus Rain. I'm going Atlanta on this. It's probably going to be Atlanta. Like I love I love my green teams. It's probably going to be Atlanta. Yeah, because here's the thing. On Busan, they'll on Busan or control maps that enable DPS play, they're going to bring it out. That's fairly predictable. When they're going goats, you can just counter goats and Statistically speaking, you will win more often than not, even if you're just playing average, because the winning percentage for uh, Houston with goats is, I think, like 45% or lower in yeah. terms of just team fight wins. It's middling at best. Yeah. Whereas if they go with the somber goats, which they probably will, um, they have their win percentage jumps up by like 21%. So, you know that they're going to be trying to run that as much as possible, or the, or they have Cool Matt and Spree in, and you know exactly what you're getting in that case. Yeah. So, Houston, by its nature of being a team of specialists who are not very well adapted to this meta, have become very predictable. And while they're good at what they do when they go to that somber pick, I don't know that they're good enough that Atlanta won't have a plan to stuff it that they can execute on. Well, and also looking at the larger numbers, Atlanta has a much better chance. They haven't clinched their chance yet. They're have they clinched their spot in the finals? Uh, no, they but they're it's their game to lose. Yes, and so it, it's their game to lose, and it's an uphill battle for Houston. And mm-hmm. so for and like a lot of things have to go right for Houston, mm-hmm. same as Gladiators, yeah. to be able to get that spot in the finals. Yes, so. I feel like Atlanta might fight for this harder mm-hmm. yeah. because it's so close they can taste it. They just have to not get steamrollered. Yeah. So I, I think that they will really fight for it, and I think that that'll be a part of it. Yeah. Against yeah. Houston and against Chengdu. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's I think that's pretty accurate. Still taking the Chengdu bet, though. I'm still going with Rain. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, and finally, Guangzhou Charge versus Vancouver Titans. Titans. I'm still like, going with Titans. Yeah. I feel like Charge can look at the um, Chengdu example and find ways to sort of incorporate that because they're a good team and they have a lot of very good players who can do those DPS things. But one, you can't really imitate crazy. Yeah. I mean, you can. You can but... try, but that's no guarantee you'll do it well. Yeah. It's like fighting Dominic Cruz, which another MMA thing. Fights like nobody else. If you want to prepare for it, you'd have to teach someone how to do that so you can practice with them. And even then, they're not going to do it right. Yeah. Uh, and I also feel like while Bumper may have been kind of blasé in the uh, watch point after the uh, Chengdu Hunters game, or Chengdu, uh... I don't think their coaching staff is going to be taking that one as lightly, no. considering how close a call that was. Yeah, and you want that 7-0 season. Yeah. And you want to, honestly, I will be very surprised if people, d- depending on how the seeding shakes mm-hmm. out, I will be surprised if the finals aren't NYXL and uh, Vancouver. That would make me happy, because I want to see that. I mean, um, I don't know. I know they've said how they're going to seed, but I don't know specifically what they'll do. Yeah. But well, they haven't. they haven't, you know... Finalized everything, yeah. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if they specifically went NYXL is over here and Titans are over here 
And we are going to do our very best to make sure that this crazy match that everyone wants is going to be the final match, assuming that nobody loses along the way, which is a solid assumption this season. Yeah. Depending on Atlanta's performance. And also, I feel like, um, just, you know, on this last match, I feel like Guangzhou gave uh, Vancouver pretty much the toughest run that they had prior to the Chengdu game. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but that was far earlier on, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, they both had time to improve. Yes. So we'll see who ends up making the bigger adjustments here. I still feel good about Vancouver, but I feel like it's going to be a very competitive game. Oh, yeah. It'll be much harder fought, but the thing is, Guangzhou's good. Vancouver's better. I think so. Just I think so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to be, yeah, well, we didn't agree on almost anything on uh, Saturday, so. Well, we agreed on, yeah, yeah, just Washington versus Paris. Just just Washington versus Paris. Just the, uh, oof. Mm -hmm. Paris would have to throw that one. Yeah. 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 That or Washington just fucking... Has Washington un- just goes yeah. Super Saiyan? Like yeah. we didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they found their protein shakes. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so this is shaping up to be a fun and interesting uh, week five, mm-hmm. and it's only Saturday Sunday because this is all the games that we have left. Yes. Everyone gets seven games before we uh, wander into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's going to be what we're talking a lot about uh, next week, I think. Next week will be interesting because next week we'll know who's in our playoffs. I don't know if we'll yeah. have the seeds by the time we record. I don't know if we'll have the bracket yet. But I think they're going to start. We'll yeah, I think they'll start announcing it as soon as it's nailed down because you want to so build Monday that morning. Hype. Yeah, you want to build the hype and you want to let the people in Vegas get a little bit of time to uh, get mm-hmm. the pools going. <laughs> yeah. I am sure there is betting on Overwatch. I am so yeah. so sure that there there's. Bookies in Vegas do an Overwatch League. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised that there. I wouldn't be surprised to hear there's someone out there. Yeah, I mean it's sports. People yeah. bet on sports all the dang time. Yeah, I wonder what the spread is. I wonder if man, the people who bet on Shanghai winning this stage. I would wonder love, what those yeah, odds were. I would love to see some bookmakers odds for Overwatch League. Yeah, let's That'd get a really bookie good. on and interview them. Yeah. That that'll go well. <laughs> I honestly, would, I I would honestly really enjoy seeing that. Oh yeah, no, it would be fascinating. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, but it would be fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, any bookies that are Overwatch League fans, get in touch. Yeah, we want to know. Yeah, we want to yeah. know. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just sitting here going, okay, but what would the spread even be? Can I can I just bet that there will be a map five between NYXL and Vancouver if we get there? Can I can I put money on there being a map five? I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's a safe enough bet. Yeah, I feel like that one's solid. Anyway, that is all we have for this week. CJ, where can the people find you? At the underscore rage underscore nerd on Twitter. Aren't you also playing some Overwatch? Yes, I am playing uh, main tank for Mercury Cougars in Overwatch Pretenders. So check out uh, their Twitter. I think it's at OWPretenders. Uh, you can see the Twitch at Overwatch Pretenders. And we're on YouTube as well. Just look up Overwatch Pretenders. Uh, come support Mercury Cougars. We're going to the playoffs. Yeah! Mm-hmm. And I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want to follow the Twitter for this podcast, it is at OnThePointPod. If you want to support this podcast, head over to FredsBS.com. Use coupon code OnThePoint for 20% off your entire order. Get you some cookies. Get you some snacks for the playoffs. It's going to be super fun, you guys. I'm, I'm genuinely really excited for it. Same. <laughs> All right, let's see nine. All right, peace out. Fucking plane!